What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner. I'm really excited today. I have Clint Emerson. He is no stranger to the show. This is actually the second time that I have invited him out to do an interview with him. Um, he has some amazing new things that are coming to fruition. He just wrote another book, New York Times bestselling author, uh, The Rugged Life, The Modern Guide to Self-Resilience, which releases this May. Now, I've been going through this book literally... I. I could give this book to my boys. Like, this is everything that you need to know. It's almost like how to survive the rugged life dummy version. I mean, it is laid out there for you. Anyways, I'm really excited. This guy is just, he's such a go-getter. So much knowledge in regards to just taking care of yourself, taking care of your your family. If there were some sort of catastrophic um if something bad were to occur, uh, if you, you know, it just, it makes you just want to be more self-aware of your surroundings and being prepared. And this is exactly what Clint Emerson is all about. And I'm really excited to, to chat with him for a little bit. You can follow him on his Instagram. It's at a hundred deadly skills. Um, that's 100 deadly skills. That is his Instagram. I actually had his book, uh, his original book, the hundred deadly skills series, uh, the first one that came out, I got his book because I just thought it was so interesting. It was like how to, I don't know, things that you could do with like a, like a clothespin, how to escape, like if you were stuck in, you know, how to tie certain knots. It was just, it's really, really informative. So definitely check him out. Um, get prepared, guys, and uh, just take, take ownership of yourself and your family. All right, let's bring on Clint. All right, what's up, Clint? Welcome. Hey. Welcome to the Reborn Podcast, man. It's so great to have you back here again. Um, I want to say, like, what have you been up to? But I feel like I, you're all you're all over the place right now. Uh, we actually rescheduled our last podcast because you were traveling. Yeah. Did you go anywhere cool? Well, you know, first, thanks for having me back to... Um, yeah, I was on my way to Austin and I had and I had a podcast there. I was gonna do yours once I got there, but the flights got delayed. Obviously, I missed yours and barely made it to the other one. And uh anyway, that it, it was uh yeah, it was Austin. I don't really think that's cool because it's like California inside of Texas. That's basically Austin. I, I like <laughs> so I like Austin. I haven't been to Austin. I did a competition out there uh years and years ago. It was like right when it started to build up and it was like yeah. there were some cool places. So I whenever I was there like many moons ago, it was pretty cool, but it wasn't it wasn't totally taken over. I would not have categorized it like a California inside of uh Texas. So I'm sure <laughs> that's a shocker. Well, cool dude, yeah. man. Okay. So I have to talk to you about your new book that's coming out. Do you know, yeah. do you have an actual date? Yeah. So it'll be on shelves May 10th. Okay. And it, it looks, it looks like, it looks a lot like that. Does it look like this? <laughs> or that. Does it look like my copy? Yeah, we got to talk about, we got to talk about this book because the detail in here, first of all, the detail in this book is, is, so just precise that I have one of my, one of my boys can forget his things a lot. He's kind of, he definitely, he got that characteristic from me. Um, 
And I feel like that this, this book would be even perfect for somebody who really doesn't have any background in survival or homesteading at all. And like, yeah, no, you're, to my point, I feel right. like I, I could give this to my child and he could, I mean, you know, this is a, we have a chapter it's staying warm, how to use an ax. Like this is how yeah. detailed this is. So give me, I want to, if, if you guys have not listened to Clint and I's first podcast, maybe pause, go back and listen to our first podcast uh, that we did together. So I want to talk about the rugged life, but I want to talk about the books that you have. Cause it, it seems like this is like a, a series. What book number is this that you've written? Number five, well, 10, a hundred <laughs> deadly skills has four books now. And then, uh, yeah. So, and then this is, uh, four. So yeah, this is my fifth or sixth skill book, you awesome. know, which is illustrated kind of giving you the DIY so that you can just be, you know, be squared away and more uh, self-reliant in your lifestyle. I'd say that the, the probably the macro statement with this new book is, and I've been saying it over and over, and I hope this is what people take away, is that the more self-reliant you become, the less this crazy world can affect you. So, and it starts with little steps, right? Um, you know, I've broken the book up into what I feel like the 10 aspects of a more self-reliant lifestyle. So when you look at that table of contents, it's be your own builder, be your own power grid, be your own farmer, be your own hunter, you know, be your own butcher, be your own protector, be your own is the goal. Be your own, be your own, be your own. And mm -hmm. it allows people to kind of pick and choose, you know, where they want to start kind of taking charge of their life and being more self-sufficient. You know, it's, it's so interesting because I mean, even for myself, I'm definitely like an outdoors, outdoorsy person. Like I, I love anything outdoors. I'd be obsessed if you showed me how to tie a bunch of knots and, you know, I just love that kind of stuff. But what's crazy is how dependent we have just become on things. And, you know, I like to challenge people to like get real with themselves. Like I know it can all be like hypothetically speaking in these like hypothetical scenarios, but point blank, ask yourself. If worst case scenario, all the power went out, there is no food on the, on the shelves at the grocery stores, could you take care of yourself? Could you take care of your family? Do you know how to do some of these basic skills that you have in, I mean, basic, but life-saving skills that you can find in, in your books? And I just think that, I mean, even, even for myself, I have so much that I can learn and so much that I can better be prepared for. Um, so what was the inspiration behind this book? What was the, what was the, the motivation um, behind this book? And I believe last time that we, that we spoke, I believe you were in the process of interviewing, were you traveling around to like yeah. speak with experts and stuff? Can you talk about maybe some of the people who I guess, you know, like some of, who they helped you, who they were and, and helping you write the book or just where did all yeah. this knowledge come from? Did you know all this Clint or what? <laughs> no, I didn't know all this. I, I, I tell you what the pandemic I think was a trigger for all of us. And so I knew that, you know, I wanted to kind of personally know more when you go to the grocery store and shelves are empty or, 
you know, here in Texas, the power grid went down. Um, or you look at like, you know, Russia invading R- Ukraine, uh, or you look at supply chain issues, or you look at the economy going down and headed towards another big recession. So when you really add up all these things, I knew, hey, how can I better insulate myself from all that crap, especially like the next virus? And uh, the answer is self-reliance. So I, I went ahead and did some research and looked up different kinds of families. I went to families that were on grid, but farmed their own food in their own backyard. Then I went to a family that was 100% off grid in the middle of the mountains in Idaho. And they've been doing that with a special needs son for like a dozen years. Then I went to another um, SEAL buddy who also lives pretty off grid with him and his entire family. Um, and then, of course, talked to a whole bunch of others to formulate what like, were the best skills that any or suburb here in Dallas or in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, I put skills in the book to really just allow folks to take either a little step or you can take some big steps. It's totally up to the reader. Um, but the pandemic and, and us going from crisis to crisis to crisis uh, certainly was the trigger and the reason why I decided, all right, you know, I, the books I put out before will allow you to survive a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, a couple of days. But the rugged life is a lifestyle that is actually more important than all of the, hey, I need to know how to fight, use guns, do this, do that. It's so funny how if you look at what everyone did during the pandemic, the things that sold out, right? Toilet paper, hand sanitizer, then eventually food, and then gym equipment Mm -hmm. and bicycles, right? Mm -hmm. Transportation (laughs) to get out. That's great. That's great self-reliance to, you know, stay fit while you're at home because the gyms were closed. But it's also kind of interesting, like, uh, why didn't you actually go and, you know, some people may have turned their backyard into a garden, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's a great time to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Some people could have gotten egg laying chickens or hens or meat chickens and put them in their backyard, but Mm -hmm. very few did. Um, and they worry about their HOAs, but in the book, I kind of tell you how to get around that by turning your chickens into service animals, right? Oh, so no one can, can your chicken be a service animal. It can. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, well, that makes sense though, because it is providing a service. Yeah. I mean, therapy, <laughs> therapy comes in many forms these days. Yeah, and if it it's does. just, hang, if I need to hang out with my chickens so that I'm at least stay sane, then so be it. So be it. Well, that's, that's really cool. What? What do you think are just some basic um, tools or basic supplies that someone needs around their house? Can you name at least, I don't know, five, like your top five, like everybody needs to have this in their house on backup or a supply room uh, in case somebody experiences, you know, what we went through before, you know, anything that's to come in the future? Yeah, I think... um well, so I, you, you bring up a great point. I get asked all the time, what's the difference between a prepper and like a homesteader? Yeah. Right? A prepper buys things and stores it. Um, and they don't necessarily know how to use it. <laughs> they yeah, just okay. buy cool stuff, you know, and I got this great generator, but yeah, I haven't figured out how to use it yet. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you get the point. And yep. 
A homesteader, what they do is, yes, they buy a lot of tools and they've got equipment, but the difference is, is what they buy actually then is used to grow or harvest the things they need. So a prepper would buy MREs. A homesteader's got, you know, goats in a garden. Making sense? And then really the, the difference between a homesteader and a, and a farmer is a farmer will grow things to sell and, you know, make money where a homesteader uh, will grow and make things for the family. Mm, and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to define those three little areas because then that's what defines the types of stuff you need. Mm. So let's say, you know, you, you know, you want to be uh, the homemaker, be your own homemaker, right? Um, some of the things that go a long ways that you put in your cabinet is beeswax and coconut oil, right? And I'm sure everybody hearing has their own use of coconut oil, but <laughs> there is all kinds of pomade. Um, Wait, shampoo. why beeswax? Why beeswax? Beeswax, when it's melted with the coconut oil, is what allows you to have something, depending on your ratio, and I, I put all the ingredients in there, it'll allow you to make conditioner, shampoo, soap, pomade, all your hair products, right? Wow. So 100% natural and you're going to get a lot more for it. Plus you and I, you know, and I know like coconut oil, you know, when you talk about rifle maintenance, Mm -hmm. most people don't think about it. It's, it works great. Uh, But so there's so many uses. So it's difficult for me to say, Hey, have these tools when the reality is you probably already have things in their cabinets that can do a lot more than what you're using it for right now. Yeah. We, um, and it is funny, this is kind of like off topic a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I have three boys and they're all um, close to being teenagers, you know, you pump pump the brakes on that closer. I basically, and you know, my husband included, it's basically like I have four, four boys in my house. And so, you know, the food that like we, we buy from the grocery store, they're just hungry all the time. They're all growing. And, um, you know, I decided, uh, was it like a couple weeks ago? I was like, guys, we're, we're not going to go to the store for like, we're going to see how long we can go without going to the store. And it was crazy how, like just how much stuff that we had, like in the pantries and how many days, like once we got creative, uh, how many days we could go, it almost became like a, a game. I had, I had to go and get like milk, um, and eggs from the store. But other than that, uh, you know, it was the things that we could put together for a meal. Um, we really, we like made it work. There were some like funky things that came out of it, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but just, That's you know, fun. yeah, it was fun. Just kind of like getting creative and, and really knowing and seeing like what we had in our pantry and, uh, you know, it opened up my eyes like, okay, this stuff we've had it in our pantry for like over a year, two years. And so, you know, I was just thinking about like, these are the kind of things like you can just put them in your pantry and you can forget about them. Um, I've always wanted to learn how I actually am getting ready to do my own garden for the very first time. I used to try to grow things and I would, it'd be probably because I was so busy. Literally they would just die. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know like the, the basics of, um, having a garden and, and growing your own fruit and vegetables. So 
that's something, you know, you know, my mom lives in the middle of Oklahoma and I was just out there visiting her and they're starting kind of that same thing. You know, they're starting to grow their own vegetables or, you know, starting to supply things on their own. And, um, it really is quite simple. I think that because it's so foreign to us now, because we've became so reliant on stores on just like, it's so easy. We don't even have to think about it. Um, so, you know, starting from, from there, it can seem like a lot, but you know, to what you're talking about is like, you can just start small, like figure out what it is that, that you would absolutely need. And then just start small, like focus on that one area. Like for, for a lot of people, for the first time, you know, through the COVID pandemic, they started a garden for the very first time. And, um, you know, it doesn't have, you guys don't have to have like massive amounts of land. You can do it in a suburban area, like in a city, you know, you might have to, it might be like a little, um, like less convenient uh, to do raised beds and to, you know, to take care of it um, in smaller spaces. But I do believe if you can start small, um, you, it, that's just where it all begins. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's, uh, you know, speaking of gardens, you know, like if you live in an apartment, you know, window seal gardens have become very popular. And I talk about it in the book. It's not rocket science. You start with herbs because herbs usually have this you know, a a really great success rate to build your confidence with growing something. You can literally pick basil right off your, you know, window seal and and use it with any, you know, any recipe you've got going. Um, And that's just kind of like your, your starter step, if you will, to gardening. And then once you kind of understand the concepts and let's say, oh, you know, I'm in an apartment, but I want to grow, you know, potatoes. It's totally doable with vertical gardens these days, you know, so you can, you can literally take, you know, I talk about kind of like the, the, the cheaper ways of doing things. Uh, so like spare tires, for example, you can take a spare tire, fill it with dirt, take a potato, cut it up, bury it in that dirt that's inside the spare tire. Once you see green pop up, take your second spare tire, stick it on top, dump dirt, put some more potato, cut up another potato. Once you see green sprout, another tire, more Mm. dirt. By the time you get to about six tires, it's like equivalent to something like a hundred to 200 potatoes you'll have in there. Wow. In a vertical, like spare tire garden. That's so crazy. I I didn't realize, I didn't know that potatoes, uh, what's it called? Like propagating? Is it propagate? I didn't know that you could. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've started doing that that's crazy. I didn't, I've, I've been doing it with some of my cactuses and succulents that, you know, my mom has a greenhouse and stuff and she was showing me a lot of that. I didn't know that you could do that with potatoes. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, if you watch Matt Damon in the movie Martian, he does yeah. a good job of it. Oh. <laughs> I might have to go back and watch it, especially yeah. if it's Matt Damon, you know what I mean? Um, I wasn't using the movie as a case study, but <laughs> he does. Yeah. He takes human poop and uses it as fertilizer. And oh then he takes the, he, he takes a couple of the potatoes they had left and then grows like a bunch of them. But that's awesome. I even saw it was somewhere. It was somewhere, somewhere in this book. I saw where um, you could take a, an old, um, what is it? A dresser. And you can yeah. make, you can make a garden. Um, exactly. And above ground I've got garden. That, I've got that in there. Yeah. yeah and so, got- yeah, that, yeah, that seems like super easy. Um, I, you know, one of the reasons why I had never done a garden was because my backyard is literally sand. Like that's how close we are to the beach. And 
I had always thought, and it's all, it's all sun. We have like a shaded side on, on the side with some trees, but, um, you know, I, I never thought that I had a place or a space to be able to properly grow, um, some vegetables. I haven't done it yet, so I can't tell you if I'm going to be successful at it or not, but I just think, you know, it kind of comes back to just getting, getting creative, getting creative and, um, you know, looking, checking the supplies at your house and, getting the books like the regular life. This is really, really a great book. Clint. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. it yeah. I think for what you're talking about, when people kind of get concerned about space, yeah. like I put a bunch of charts in here. Like this one's one of my favorites, right? So to just make it simple on people, you know, this is page uh, 121 and it's the amounts of feed, the amounts of feed, a family of four, right? Mm. So really making it simple for folks to do the, you know, the math. But rabbits, for example, rabbits have become a big, a big homesteading source mm. of protein. Now a lot of people cringe because like, oh, they're so fluffy and cute and cuddly, but but they also um, reproduce like crazy. Yes. And that's the key, you know, so six rabbits will turn into 48 kits per year, which is enough meat for five days a week. Right. That's crazy. And that's something you can do in your garage. Yeah. Um, you know, two goats, obviously that's fresh milk daily. One elk that's 700 pounds of meat. That'll last a year. You got two pigs. That's 400 pounds of meat. Mm -hmm. That'll last for about eight months. And then of course, chickens are a very popular homesteading. Yeah. And what's, I found out that was interesting. There's two kinds of chickens. There's meat chickens Mm -hmm. and then there's egg chickens, Mm -hmm. right? Egg chickens don't really produce very good meat. And if you do eat it, it's real stringy and nasty and doesn't taste good because the chicken's energy is directed towards making eggs. Whereas a meat chicken, there's some that have crossbred over the years. And if you don't butcher the chicken in like eight to 10 weeks, they get so fat, their own hollow bone legs snap. Right. But guys, don't don't eat your service chicken. (laughs) Don't eat your service chicken or don't tell your HOA you're eating your service chicken. Just get a replacement. (laughs) That could be your next service chicken. Yeah. But yeah, I I tried to make it, I tried to make it not so scary and overwhelming because I think another thing too is people hear, Oh, go hunting or be your own farmer. And they kind of really, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not interesting to a lot, yeah. right? You got to make it interesting. So mm-hmm. I tried to pull like the coolest tricks that anybody can do mm-hmm. no matter where you live and incorporate it into your lifestyle so that, Hey, you know, if you got a dozen chickens, that's a dozen eggs a day. I mean, a carton of, a carton of eggs a day. Right. And, uh, it's another form of income and it can save you some money. Um, mm-hmm. if you get creative with your neighbors, I've been telling people create a community based on self-reliance. It's very much an individual skill, mm-hmm. but imagine if, Hey, Ashley's going to be the one providing eggs for the neighborhood. And then the guy down the street's going to be doing tomatoes and someone else is going to do something else. So everyone's taken on one task amongst the neighborhood. Now, all of a sudden everyone's producing enough food almost literally for free to feed the neighborhood, right? And so you can kind of do the group effort to get started and is a great way for suburbs to kind of get the protein, the vegetables and everything they need without, if since you don't have the backyards, you might have a backyard for just chickens and no room for anything else, right? Yeah, I I really want chickens. Um, I just, I think where we're at in our area, 
we you can have two chickens per person in your house, or maybe it's one chicken. Anyways, we could at least have a That's couple chickens. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it's just like the like. Okay, this is a really good since you you always know how to work through all these scenarios. So I'm like the youngest person in my neighborhood, and basically the only family with kids. And if you can imagine, I'm pretty sure everybody in my neighborhood thought I was like a drug dealer for the longest time, just jacked in my fitness clothes all the time with tattoos. And so we live in a, it's, there's a more mature, older, uh, group of people that kind of live in the neighborhood that are our neighbors. And I know, you know, they're the type, like they, they literally will call the city on on anything, anything at all. And, um, so how do you, like, how do you suggest, like, do you have any advice just even speaking directly to me? You know, if we want chickens, I've actually wanted chickens for a long time, partly because I am like a country farm girl out in Oklahoma still. And like, I know that I live on the coast, but I would still love chickens, but I also absolutely love fresh eggs. It's like probably my favorite thing ever. Yeah. The easy Um, solution is hens. Just get hens. Hens don't make noise, mm. right? And you can get you get eggs. Um, ducks are a little quieter. Oh my gosh! Sometimes. I know. I got I got I got ducks one time. I went to this feed store, and I got ducks in Ohio. And I drove two ducks, and I drove them all the way back <laughs> to Virginia Beach. And I I didn't know there are different types of ducks, right? Like I thought they were going to grow up and be just like the mal, like a mallard duck to fly away. They'd grow. I just wanted to raise them a little bit. Grow. No, I got pecking ducks. I didn't know. They were like the ducks that you eat. Um, anyway, so they still, um, I raised these ducks in a water trough. This was like last year. And then I let them go. We have, uh, where our house is, we have, uh, fresh, like it's like a brackish water in the front of our house and the back of our house is like the ocean. So I let them go in this, um, in the pond that's like across the street from our house. It's like brackish water, I guess. They're still just swimming around out there. It's been a year, um, (laughs) but they can't fly because they're pecking ducks. But anyways, I did learn, I did learn the difference in the type of ducks that you get. Um, and they were really loud. They were really loud. Uh, I don't, ducks are like really oily or greasy though. That's right. I, I, yeah, you're right. I think your your solution is hens. They're quiet. They produce eggs, and it's a whole lot easier to deal with. Yeah. How many hens would you suggest? Um, like, is it is it on average like they they produce so many eggs a day, or how does that work? Yeah, they're about the same as chickens. Mm. Um, and as you know, like sunlight is important for production. Mm. On you know, it's like so. Uh, you know, how many you get per year determines, you know, how many sunny days do you have is a great way of looking at it, you know? And then, you know, one, one egg a day per chicken is, or per hen is kind of an easy, uh, it's going to be sometimes more, sometimes less, but that's a good way to kind of Mm. figure it out. Cool. I'm going to definitely see about getting some hens. I'm sure my neighbors are going to just hate me even more, but it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you got right. It's fine. I'd be like, you know what? I'd be like, who's gonna come? Who's gonna come? Who's gonna be my friend whenever the grocery store shut down and there's no eggs? Everybody in the That's neighborhood right. is gonna be my friend. I'm gonna sell those things for like five dollars an egg. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, what? So go. now that you wrote a book, it's coming out soon, like in a couple weeks. First yeah. of all, huge congratulations on that. Yeah, um, thank you. What? So, are you going to be doing book signings? Uh, like, are you? What are? What's next for you? And like, what are you doing? 
You know, it's interesting. The whole book, like side of the house, it's it's interesting how the marketing, you know, like so kind of backing up the first hundred deli skill book, it was magazines, newspapers, and news outlets, like talking head type stuff and me doing interviews. Now you fast forward, I've been retired, what, six years or so? I don't even know. You Now you move forward. It's nothing but podcasts. And then like, you know, book tours have kind of gone away. I think the pandemic kind of squashed those. But the reality is, is book signings are, yeah, it's a way to give your fans a signed book, but really they're for stroking the author's egos. And I was never really into it anyway. Mm. Um, so if people, you know, first, if they want, any of the books, you just go to clintemerson.com. But um, this thing will be on shelves at Target and Walmart and all the most of your big box stores uh, May 10th. Um, and then, yeah, once it comes out, then it's really just a matter of uh, continuing, you know, doing great podcasts like yours and keeping getting the word out there and promoting the self-reliance piece, you know, because it is a powerful tool that everyone has the ability of doing. I've been telling people like, Every man, woman, and child, like 200 years ago in this country, knew every skill in this yeah. book, and then and then some, right? I know. And technology has ruined us, yes. right? So I tell people, hey, it's okay to have the digital world, but you can also use it along with some analog skills to then be a far better off, right? I mean, it's a great tool, and in this book is not like, hey you know, throw away all your technology and, and, and create your own little house on the prairie. I'm not saying that, right. Mm -hmm. It's all about, Hey, now how can I leverage technology to then be more self-reliant, which is why I purposely stuck the word modern guide Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-reliance. Cause I don't want people thinking it's like, like, Hey, right. Yeah. (laughs) Go out in the middle of nowhere and get yourself 10 wives and, you know, have fun. (laughs) It's not, it's nothing like that. Only um, in Idaho. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or Utah. <laughs> yeah, or Utah. Um, well, dude, I, huge congratulations. I was really excited yeah. to have you on. I, you know, I, I was bummed that we didn't get to connect last week. I was actually yeah. traveling too. I was flying into Oklahoma. So oh, nice. yeah, it, you know, I know that you've been busy. I've been busy, but huge congratulations on the book. Um, are, are there any other books in the future that are going to come out? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's probably something in the works already. Yeah. So um, it's still kind of finding its own direction, but I'm already working on it, whatever it ends up being. I want to, <laughs> I want to learn how to survive out on sea. Yeah. Completely independent. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a guy um, last week. He has uh uh, he's a double amputee. He lost an arm and a leg, and he sailed around the world by himself. Took him seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that when the kids leave, and then I don't know. Yeah, that just yeah. sounds crazy. But anyways, I mean, he he obviously hit islands and he you know ported and stayed yeah. or whatever for a while. But um, I also think that that's really interesting. I, I'm all about this, you know, just to be self reliant on yourself and. Um, you know, to that, like, I I just think it's important. We're right by an ocean. I have no idea how to sail. That's ridiculous. Like, (laughs) what if the whole earth was burning and I was trapped at the edge of the sea? You know, I should know how to like sail a a sailboat 
because you don't even need a motor for that if you know the winds and, you know, I'm always, always thinking in that direction of how to be more just self-reliant on your, on you, how to be able to take care of your family in certain unforeseen situations. And it's really interesting. I, I, I have to say, like, I kind of wish things were less technology and more just skills. Like, I really miss that. I really, really miss that. And I just, I kind of see the whole world just going soft, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but it's, it's the truth. You walk through Target, the airport, you're just at the airport. Um, I was just at the airport a couple days ago, coming home. And if you just ever look around and, and literally ask yourself, when, when, you know, even, even for yourself, ask yourself, look at the people around you. Could everybody survive? Could you get out? Are these people, these people who cannot take care of themselves, they're, they're going to be more, uh, they're going to do you more harm. You know, you got to figure out how to, to take care of yourself because in situations yeah. and huge catastrophic events, when everybody is scared, when everybody is running, when everybody is, when things are shut down, you know, no, nobody is coming to save you. Like you have to save yourself. Um, and, right. I, and I, I'm, you know, I'm con like, even on the airplane, I was sitting on the airplane. I'm like, if there was a situation you know, is the exit behind me or is it in front of me? Like, which is the closest? Like, am I by the door? Who am I sitting next to? You know, all of these things like play a huge factor. And I just, I want to encourage everybody to just start being more aware of your surroundings, get books. Like this is a super awesome, awesome, awesome book, Clint. Like you crush this book. Um, and you know, you. just learn, just learn. And obviously a lot of these skill sets, like, um, oh, this is what to plant. See, I can learn all this stuff, how to grow corn. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, I may not need all of these things now, how to ferment your food. That's huge. That is huge. Fermenting your vegetables so you guys can save them. You know, I may not necessarily need these skill sets now, but at least I will know where they are. And at least I, I have read them and I know that I have access to how to do it. If, if situation occurs, or if I see something building up that I'm like, all right, we're going to learn how to do this. So, yeah, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. And I, I kind of the last little piece about skills. Yeah. You know, the beauty of skills is they don't require power, right? The battery never dies on your skills. And the more you use your skills, it doesn't wear them out. It's actually the opposite. The more you do the skills, the better you get at them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and they, and, and at the end of the day, it's the skills that will get you out of trouble we, in the other thing you hit on is the technology piece. Yeah. We've become, you know, we've become slaves to our devices and we have food show up to our front doors and, you know, that's kind of a, it's, it's great. And it's convenient. Um, and the other thing I'll point out lastly is convenience in one hand, right. Self-reliance in the other, they're kind of the opposite. You know, if something is convenient, then you're probably not being self-reliant. Yeah. And if it's self-reliant, then it's probably not convenient, yep. which is a good way to kind of figure things out for yourself mm -hmm. and determine where you want to get your, get uncomfortable and try new hard things. Mm -hmm. And in it, there's so much more satisfaction, gratification than you will ever get from using that app to have food delivered to your door. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, thanks, dude. Hey, thanks for coming on again to the Reborn Podcast. It was truly an honor. I just love seeing everything that you're doing. And um, that is all that I have today. I'm looking forward to getting more into this book. And I know that you're going to have such a successful launch. Um, I know that this is going to be a huge hit for everybody. So 
Well, thanks for having me on, Ashley. And uh, yeah, thanks for the push. I appreciate everything you do. Yeah, I love it. Totally. All right, dude. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. All right. Okay, bye, Clint. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for joining me on today's Reborn podcast. It was truly an honor um, getting to steal some of Clint Emerson's time today. And I just, I love everything that this man is doing. And guys, don't, don't become a victim. You're a victim until you're prepared. So get prepared. Don't be a victim. I know some of this stuff, it's like, you're going to look at it and be like, this is so silly. But if you need it, if you get to a place, a space in your life, a season in your life where like, this is what my, what I need to do to take care of my family. This is what I need to do to take care of myself. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it. So, uh, peace out guys. Thanks again for joining me on today's reborn podcast. Um, I will catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.